if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed. And hour number two is away at nine minutes after 10 o'clock on this Wednesday, the ninth morning of the 12th month of the year of our Lord 2020. I, just to hit this again, I brought it up to my in my conversation with um, uh, Congressman Jordan. This is what drives me maybe more bananas than, than anything going on right now with the left. And that's probably... A hard thing to say because there are so many, but I just got so upset when I saw this yesterday. Triggered. Yeah, it triggered me. It did. I'll admit it. I got triggered by the headline, Biden's three-part plan to tackle the coronavirus, masks, vaccinations, opening schools. Hey, look at that. Joe Biden is unique. Joe Biden has come up with something that nobody has ever thought of. Remember he said... Donald Trump is responsible for these 230,000 deaths because he didn't do what I would do. I've got a plan to crush the virus. I'm going to shut down the virus, not the, the economy. And now he's outlined his plan. Masks, vaccinations, and opening schools. Wait, what? This is, this is some new idea? 38 states have mask mandates in place. Cases are still spiking in all of them. Masks don't work. That's not a plan. It's already been tried. It's continuing to be tried. Every doctor and every health center says mask, mask, mask. Why? Because they got nothing else. They got nothing. It's not working. But they got nothing. Mike DeWine, Gavin Newsom. Wear masks in your home. Wear masks in the day. Wear masks at the night. Wear masks in the dark. Wear masks in the light. Mask, 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 mask. That's their answer because they got nothing. And so what does Joe Biden do? He comes out here and says, here's my plan. This is the way we're going to crush the virus. Masks. What are you kidding me? That's you. That's all you got? Well, no, I also don't, I, I don't just have masks, I also have vaccinations. We're gonna, we're gonna distribute a hundred million doses of the vaccine in the first hundred days. Wait a minute, you mean the vaccines? 
that you yourself during the campaign said you would not take if it was done under Donald Trump? The vaccination that you said could never be produced in the period of time that President Trump was promising it to have it ready for distribution by the end of 2020? Before the end of 2020? You said never happen. And if it does, it won't be trustworthy because Trump's doctors did it. Now, your three-part plan includes masks and distributing the vaccinations that you said couldn't be trusted because Trump's doctors are the ones who are responsible. How is that possible? Masks, which is not new nor effective. Vaccinations, which you said should not be trusted. Now it's the answer. It's the cornerstone of your coronavirus uh, uh, pandemic plan. Are you kidding me? Vaccinations that are only here because of the private-public partnership forged by Donald J. Trump and his administration. And then the third element of his little stool, his little three-legged stool, opening schools. Let me ask you something, you senile old goat. Who has been closing the schools? You, your people, liberal Democrats, who has been screaming to open the schools because it's well known that the coronavirus doesn't impact children in any large, measurable way whatsoever. And it has also been well known that children don't transmit the virus to adults in any measurable way. Conservatives have been saying that. Joe Biden, you, and in fact, it's your liberal teachers unions, all of which endorsed you, that are screaming about opening the schools back up, saying they demand. The Chicago teachers union is screaming, saying you can't make us go back into the classroom. We're putting our lives on the line if we do that. We are not essential. We are not essential employees. The education of children in school buildings is too dangerous, shouldn't happen. Hell, the Chicago Teachers Union, just to kind of give you an example, Joe, of those liberals opposed to uh, going back into the classrooms, your voters, your, your endorsers, the Chicago Teachers Union actually declared that the push to reopen schools was the product of sexism, racism, and misogyny. Not a determination that students need to be in classrooms to learn effectively, to be educated, rather than sitting in front of a screen if they are fortunate enough to have one, in a home that's fortunate enough to have Wi-Fi or Internet capabilities, and kids are staring at a screen and not distracted by the TV on the other side of the room, not distracted by the cell phone in their lap, not distracted by the dog walking by. Teachers say, this is, this is you know, the Chicago Teachers Union, so certainly they don't speak for everybody, but come on, this is what teachers unions here in Ohio say too, that schools should remain closed, that there's nothing wrong with Zoom education. Don't get us sick. 
Never mind the fact that, like I said, the statistics show this is not a threat to them. None. Not. It's just not. But the Chicago Union say, well, since we can't win it on the science of the threat, we will claim that those who want us to get back to work in the classrooms want to do so because of sexism, racism, and misogyny. Should I bother explaining what they mean by that? No, because it makes no sense whatsoever. None. I'm not going to give them the the satisfaction of even making their argument for them. So Joe Biden's answer is to defy himself and his voter base, which has screamed to keep the schools closed, and now saying, maybe we should open the schools. You mean like Donald Trump has been saying? So just to clarify that in the Trump administration era of COVID-19, masking is being done almost universally in 38 out of 50 states, mandatory mask mandates, right? That's a little redundant, sorry, but mask mandates are in place in Trump's America, and it's not stopping the spread at all. But Joe says masks will be the answer. Donald Trump and his administration put the vaccine that everybody has been hoping will stem the tide of this whole thing into Operation Warp Speed, and it worked, and it's here. Now you are going to take credit for distributing them? And Donald Trump and conservative Trump supporters and voters have been shouting to open the schools from the beginning when they first started closing them. And your answer is, open the schools. Sounds like Joe Biden, who ran a progressive campaign with a progressive vice president and socialist support teams, sounds like he is leaning toward the conservative way of actually governing when it comes to the pandemic. Interesting, isn't it? Penny is in uh, Painesville, Ohio, on AM 1420, The Answer. Hello, Penny. Thanks for waiting. I'm glad you called. Go ahead. Hi, uh, Bob, and Merry Christmas to you. I love saying that all the time. And to anyway, you um, and yours, absolutely. <laughs> thank you. Um, getting back to Joe Biden, I wasn't going to talk about this, but we all know he's a serial plagiarist, so whatever Donald Trump has done, he's going to take credit for it. But anyway, I wanted to call you about the OHSAA, their, their absurdity. My son is a varsity basketball ref and has been for many years. Um Two years ago, he was refing a game, and after the game, the coach of the team that lost came up to him afterwards and chest-bumped him against the wall, which I would say is an assault. And also several of the players on that team were yelling profanities at the refs as they were leaving. Now, the school happened to have a surveillance uh, camera in the hallway where they played, so the film was sent to um, the OHSAA, OHSAA as proof. Right. Yes, as proof. And uh, as far as my son knows, this coach was still coaching as of last year. Now, this happened two years ago. Nothing was done to the players or the coach. And this coach is also the athletic director at this particular school. And they also, that year, played in the state final. So nothing was done. And it, it was so... I'm still infuriated by it because my son could have been hurt. He did not lash back out at this coach. You know, he did nothing. Uh, but the coach actually assaulted him after the game. 
So that was wow. I, I, that's what I wanted to comment on uh, the OHSAA's absurdity. Well, we could do shows, uh, plural, on the OHSAA's <laughs> absurdity, to yes. be honest with you. Yes. Um, yes. But but the one, you know, that really upsets me the most right now is the, well, two the things, actually. The the wrestling thing is one. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I, I do not not want the wrestlers to be able to wrestle. I do not want kids to lose their oh, experiences I, I should, at all. I want them to I, wrestle. But Absolutely. They should be playing sports, and there should be no yep. restrictions on their playing sports. And your son played football, so you know your athletic parent and basketball. And I, w- I was also. Oh, so he's, and you know the the seasons. And are they still haven't played a game. Air. Yeah, yeah, they still yeah. haven't played a game because of all of this nonsense. And uh, you know, the first two games were canceled. And the next two are going to be canceled also. My grandson plays uh, in a basketball league, and only one parent can attend the game. Uh, because of this absurdity going on, it's wow! Yeah, that, that's even that's, that's even worse than I've experienced, which is two parents mm-hmm. only allowed yeah, into the game. Yeah. No students, no classmates, right. no siblings. Any, it, but, but the rest of the I story, mean, Penny, is 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 really crazy. And thank you for the call, Penny. I've got to go here. But um, the the OHSAA and they're telling kids you're allowed to wrestle, but you're not allowed to shake hands before or after your match is about the most absurd, ridiculous thing that I've ever heard. So congratulations, OHSAA, on that. And now I'm only waiting for them to double down on their absurdity by making basketball players wear face masks during games. Yes, this is something that some association of pediatrics is is recommending to the OHSAA. Now, they have not acted on it yet, to my understanding. But they're going to tell basketball players who are huffing and puffing and gasping as they run from one end of the floor to the other at top speed for long, long periods of time without breaks, you know, depending on whistles and fouls and whatnot, gasping and huffing and trying to suck in oxygen into their lungs, being denied the opportunity to do so, forced instead to inhale their own CO2 trapped inside one of those ridiculous masks. That's what they're literally thinking about doing. And by the way, to further illustrate the absurdity, they are now making the kids on the sidelines wear the masks while the kids on the court don't have to wear them. You follow what I'm saying here? I'm not saying I want them to wear them. What I mean is they think the virus only lives on the sideline. At present time, if you're on the sideline, wear a mask so you don't give the virus to the guy next to you. But if you're on the court and you're face-to-face with the guy guarding you, and if you're lined up next to him shoulder-to-shoulder on the free-throw line, the virus won't attack out there, no mask required. My point to this is stop making athletes do stupid things to be able to compete, including wearing face masks, which can be very detrimental to their health. The OHSAA is no different than the WHO or the CDC. Or the governor. They have nothing. Nothing. They've got nothing in response to this pandemic. But in order to make people feel like, well, at least they're doing something, they're coming up with ridiculous, ridiculous policies. Just to be able to say we did something. Sometimes it's better to do nothing than to do the wrong thing. We'll be right back. It really comes as no surprise. To find that you planned it all along. 
1028, we got time for phone calls for the rest of the show at 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. We'll go to uh, North Olmstead And uh, BJ, you're on the air. BJ, go right ahead. Thank you, Bob. I made a comment on your show a while back about attorneys. Not all attorneys, mm-hmm. but the fact of the matter is, look what they did to Donald Trump this week. The states said that uh, there was no justification, that there was fraud, even though it was. This was decided by judges who are attorneys. It's a sad commentary what the medical profession has done with this virus and what attorneys have done with claiming the fraud was not illegal that went on on this voting when we know that it was. So the average American person is really held captive by certain groups in this country right now. It is not what it used to be. And when I said to you younger folks, are you prepared to defend this and fight for your rights as American citizens and defend the Constitution. If you don't believe we're coming to that, then just keep listening to the other side. Kamala Harris will put more people in jail and prison because that's remote. That's what she's done. She's a very evil person. And we are... She won't do that anymore. She won't do that anymore. We'll see. No, we'll she doesn't. She very, doesn't believe it. She doesn't woman. believe. Well, well, BJ, she's uh, she's changed her tune on all of that. If you recall, she doesn't believe in police. She doesn't believe in prisons. Uh, Joe Biden has said their plan is to uh, what is it? Is it in half? I think it's to cut the current U.S. prison population in half. Is what he wants to yes, do in his she, first term. So they want to let people believe, out of jail. They don't want to put more people in them. She does believe in political prisons prisoners. She wants to prosecute the Republican Party. That's what I'm talking about. And thanks okay. for your time. Have a good week. Thank you. Yes, sir, you do the same, uh, BJ. It's it's really an amazing thing, seriously, because I covered that a couple of days ago. Or maybe it's the end of last week. I don't remember. But, uh, yeah, uh, the left doesn't believe in prison. The left doesn't believe in enforcing uh, laws. The, the left doesn't believe in... Uh, arresting people and, and convicting people for crimes. Um, because generally speaking, this is a general statement backed by statistics, not a personal opinion, but, you know, the vast majority of crimes in this country, particularly those of a violent nature, are committed by minorities, and putting minorities in jail isn't justice, it's racism. Right? That's just, that's reality. That's what they believe, and that's why they say they're going to empty the prisons. Never mind the fact that President Trump, in enforcing, and not enforcing, but uh, passing and shepherding through criminal justice reform, has done a pretty good job of that already. Uh, they're going to put that on steroids. And not only are they not going to, are they going to let people out of prison, they're not going to put new people in them. Uh, as evidenced by our conversation yesterday, the new district attorney in Los Angeles County, for example, uh, decriminalizing all kinds of behaviors that would have led to people going to jail. Okay, 1031, right back after this, honey. 1420, The Answer. Ten thirty six. now, we continue. So just real quick before I go back to your calls, I was um, talking to Penny last segment. We were talking about policing and talking about the, you know, uh, Kamala and they don't want to arrest minorities anymore and all this other stuff. And, you know, the, it just brought up the policing issue for me again. And uh, I wanted to share something that was good for a change coming from Hollywood. Because um, we have all of these negative things. It, it, once in a blue moon, we'll get a story like this, and it ought to be shared. 
During a time, this is the Daily Wire reporting on this, during a time when multiple cop shows and even sitcoms are adopting Black Lives Matter sloganeering, CBS's Blue Bloods, that's the one with Tom Selleck, bucked that trend by choosing to side with the police for once. According to Newsbusters, the show's December 4th episode, so I didn't see it, it was a few days ago, Triumph Over Trauma went as far as to reject the charge of systemic racism in the New York Police Department. The December 4th season premiere, Triumph Over Trauma, sees Commissioner Frank Reagan, played by Tom Selleck, arguing with City Council Speaker Regina Thomas, played by Whoopi Goldberg, of course, over systemic racism and oppression in the police department, reported the outlet. Rather than roll over and take it like every other network show, Frank stands up for his officers and shows no fear in telling the speaker to stop disparaging the police. As the episode unfolds, Frank and Regina continually spar over the merits of police in the, in the city, while he routinely rejects the charge that his officers are overwhelmingly racist or that bad cops go undisciplined. As the episode closes, Frank even considers resigning from his position until Deputy Commissioner Garrett Moore extols him for having the courage to speak the unpopular or inconvenient truth. I love that. In the wake of George Floyd's death, shows have been under pressure to push more content promoting the messaging of Black Lives Matter. You know Black Lives Matter, the Marxist organization bent on destroying the capitalist system of this, of this country and this society and every founding principle upon which this great republic was built. Yeah, that's the messaging, but especially in cop shows. Last month... Rapper Ice-T told TMZ that Law & Order SVU will tackle police brutality and racial profiling. In the season finale, he says, I killed a black man, so now I've got Finn going through the mental dilemma like, can he be a police officer in these times? In other words, can a black cop shoot a black man and still remain a cop? (laughs) Answer simple, really. Was the guy committing a crime? And was that crime putting other people's lives in danger, including yours? If the answer is yes, then yes, you shoot them. But at any rate, good news there on the Blue Bloods front. They did stand up for police, and they did have Tom Selleck making the case against a real-life kind of character in Whoopi Goldberg's character of a, a city council member wanting to disband or defund or abolish police, saying, no, uh, this has got to stop. So good news there. Let's go to uh, where? Navy man Norm, that's where. Strongsville. Hey, Norm, you're on the air. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, I'd like to talk about Eric, I Swalwell, all the red Chinese money I can get. You know, this moron who criticized the president as being a Russian dupe and a tool of Putin is now comes out with his mistress, Bang Bang, and is blaming Trump because this information came out. Isn't that special? Of course. Blame, some, blame somebody else for your sin. The interesting part, though, that I find is why this information has not been let out years ago by our wonderful FBI, Friends of Biden, Inc. Uh, This woman, Fang Fang, (laughs) this is incredible, Bob. She ran a uh, Chinese-Asian student association at a school in California. In fact, she, (laughs) she was awarded the Pride Award from the university at Cal State for her work with Asian Affairs. Isn't that special? 
She was a member of the PLA, the People's Liberation Army, of course, and she was also a member of the Special Military Spy Unit of the PLA. She mm-hmm. raised money, fundraiser, for our friend Eric Swalwell. And mm-hmm. in 2015, the FBI warned all the congressmen and the Democrats and the senators about what was going on. But Swalwell isn't the only one involved. Uh, Director of National Intelligence John Radcliffe charged that several dozen members of Congress and congressional aides were involved in a massive Chinese influence campaign this year. Hmm. Could that be tied to our wonderful 2020 presidential election? So you think like so? You mean you mean you uh, mean the Democrat candidate whose son was receiving millions of dollars from China? What do you think that was for? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and the thing that just blows my mind is that they why hasn't he resigned? Pelosi put him on the House Intelligence Committee and this moron, and I mean he is a moron, Bob. Uh, he gives new definition to uh, being dumb as a rock, has no intelligence background, and yet Back in 2012, he was put on the House Intelligence Committee. Why? Well, I, I, I wasn't going to do this. I wasn't going to do this, uh, Norm. Uh, but I'm going to. I'm going to do this now. Uh, and and thank you for calling and bringing it up. I was. I, it just because it's six minutes long, and I don't like to take that much time on my show and give it to somebody else, particularly since I'm trying to wean myself off of Fox in favor of uh, OANN and that's uh, One America News Network and uh, and Newsmax. But Tucker talked about this last night in great depth and great detail what norm was just saying so i'm going to go ahead and give you at least a piece of this right now even though it's against my uh first wishes because i do want to get back to more phone calls but this is really important eric swalwell congressman eric swalwell one of the biggest critics of donald trump and one of the most the smarmiest sobs you're ever going to see had a sexual relationship with a chinese spy and Tucker talked about it last night and maybe wondered why Eric Swalwell has always spoken like a man who knew the subject so very well. And maybe there's a reason. Listen to this. Democracy. When China interferes, it's not a story. They don't care. That may be why so many news outlets ignored another blockbuster story about China, one that broke just today. This story comes from Axios in Washington, which is no one's idea of a right-wing news outlet. But to their great credit, a pair of Axios reporters doggedly spent the last year investigating what turned out to be an amazing story. A Chinese intelligence agent called Feng Feng, or as she renamed herself when she came to this country, Christine Feng, became a force within the Democratic Party of California. Along the way, she cultivated a number of Democratic office holders. Feng had sexual relationships with at least two of them, identified in the Axios story as mayors from Midwestern cities. Fung also began a relationship with a man called Eric Swalwell. You may recognize that name. Eric Swalwell is a member of the United States Congress. Swalwell sits on the House Intelligence Committee. He is privy to this country's most closely held secrets. Fung's relationship with Swalwell began in 2012. Like so many Chinese spies, Fung used college as her cover. She enrolled as a student at a university in the Bay Area, and she immediately joined a number of left-wing identity politics organizations on campus. From there, she quite naturally began raising money for Democratic candidates. 
U.S. intelligence officials believe that Fung had a sexual relationship with Eric Falwell, Swalwell. We asked Swalwell's office about that directly today. His staff replied by saying they couldn't comment on whether or not Swalwell had a sexual relationship with Fung because that information might be, quote, classified. They did not elaborate or explain what they meant by that. We do know that when Fung met Swalwell, he was a little-known city councilman in the Bay Area, but he had grand political aspirations. Fung became his regular companion. She was photographed with Swalwell at political events several times. She became a financial bundler for his political campaigns. Fung apparently pulled in large amounts of money from a variety of sources to help Eric Swalwell get elected to Congress. It's not entirely clear where all of that money came from. We do know that Fung helped Swalwell secure the support of his district's Asian American community. Political analysts have called that a critical factor in his win in 2012. That's not a new trick for Chinese intelligence services. Another Democrat from the state of California, the state's senior Democrat, Senator Dianne Feinstein, employed a Chinese spy in her office for nearly 20 years. That spy drove Feinstein around and directly assisted her in outreach to Asian American voters. Like the spy that Feinstein hired, Fung gained access to Eric Swalwell's office in Washington. U.S. officials say Fung managed to install an intern in Swalwell's office, almost certainly as a spy for the Chinese government. Now, we don't know the full extent of Fung's intelligence activities in this country. Eventually, she fled the U.S. for China while under FBI investigation. Swalwell claims he hasn't talked to her in years. We do know that in Eric Swalwell, the Chinese government picked a promising vehicle. Swalwell is one of the most high-profile members of Congress. Last year, he ran for president of the United States. At every turn, Eric Swalwell has remained a reliable source of Chinese government propaganda. As a member of the House Intelligence Committee, he styled himself as an expert at spotting foreign interference in our government, remarkably. As you may remember, Swalwell spent years accusing the sitting president of working for a hostile power. The question has shifted uh, from whether the president is working with the Russians to what evidence exists uh, that the president is not working uh, with the Russians. He's betrayed our country, and I don't, I don't say that lightly. I, I worked as a prosecutor for seven years. and I but Betraying the country, by the way, we want evidence before you yeah. say that, but you said an agent of Russia. Yeah, he, he works on their behalf. Do you still believe that the president is a, a Russian agent? I think he acts on Russia's behalf and he puts Russia's interests ahead too often of America's interests. You're a member of the judiciary. Do you believe the president right now has been an agent of the Russians? Yes, I, I think there's more evidence than he agent. is. Yes, and I, I think all the arrows point in that direction. And I haven't seen a single piece of evidence that he's not. Looking back, it's hard to watch that tape. The irony is overwhelming. It's always those who have the most to hide who attack other people for the very things they've done, always. Even at the time he was saying that, it was very obvious to us that something was very wrong with Eric Swalwell. So two years ago, we asked Swalwell to come on this show and reveal the evidence he claimed he'd collected on Russian collusion. Swalwell came, couldn't turn down a TV opportunity, he made loud noises, and he left. He had no evidence. But he didn't stop making allegations. Here he is at a hearing with Jim Comey back in 2017. I want to talk about the Kremlin playbook. And there are a number of ways that a foreign adversary could seek to influence a person. Do you agree with that? Yes. Financial? Yes, that can be one. Uh, romance, you said, is another? Yes. Compromise? Correct. <laughs> Setting up a compromise? Sure, to execute on a compromise, yes. 
How about inadvertently capturing a compromise? Meaning they have vast surveillance and you stumble into that surveillance and are caught in a compromise. Right, and then they take that information and try and use it to coerce you? Right. Yeah, that's part of the playbook. Oh, it's part of the playbook. Part of the Kremlin playbook, Eric Swalwell says. So what they do, these foreign intel services, is they use sex, a honey trap, if you will, to set up a compromise. Uh-huh. Spoken like a man who knows that subject quite well. When the Rush And that's enough. I, I, I just um I wanted since Norm brought it up, I wasn't gonna bring this up, but China has its hooks into liberal Democrats in the United States, particularly those in the Congress, and now in the White House if Joe Biden ascends to the presidency, in ways that will jeopardize this country in far more than just ideology, ideological ways. Um, the Chinese ambition if you will, the Chinese ambition right now for essentially world domination is every bit, every bit as strong as was the Soviet ambition of world domination that we experienced in the 50s and in the 60s, and really in the Cold War through the 80s when President Trump essentially broke that and broke up the Soviet Union. If you don't understand the depth of the threat of China against the United States because we are their biggest obstacle to their goal, and this is what communists want, if you don't understand the threat that they pose, you need to study, you need to listen, you need to read, and you need to understand just how dangerous it is to have Joe Biden and Kamala Harris in the White House. Tucker did another story yesterday that I'm not going to have time to share with you, but you know he's he's just done a better job of explaining it than everybody else, quite frankly, about how the mainstream media has ignored another video of a Chinese speaker um, who admitted in his speech that they have high-ranking members of the United States government essentially under their thumb. They have top officials in America willing to do their bidding. The fact that Joe Biden, again, may ascend to the presidency, and I'm not going to call him the president-elect yet, but the fact that he may ascend to the presidency should scare the living you-know-what out of each and every one of us. China got their hooks into Hunter Biden because they wanted access to Joe Biden just when he was the vice president. Now they have their hooks into him as the president, potentially anyway. And that makes them a far bigger threat, really, than anything we have faced, honestly. Bigger than terrorism, you know, Islamic terrorism, bigger than anything we have seen, uh, truthfully, since the Soviet Union at the height of their power. And nobody's talking about it. The mainstream media is ignoring it. Tucker's not. That's the reason, like I said, I'm giving him the, the time here. I'm trying to wean myself off of Fox, but nobody else is covering this better than he does, or he is, so I wanted to share it with you. All right, let me get a final time out here, and we'll get a couple of uh, final phone calls next, AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 1056. 
let's get a couple of final phone calls in here. I think uh, TJ in Cleveland is up next. Hey, TJ, you're on the air. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, Bob, I think I finally see how this game works. <clears throat> and, you know, this started okay. in the 90s under Clinton when he uh, gave the Panama Canal to the Chinese, gave them a uh, favorite nation status, which allowed our jobs and our wealth to be transferred to China to build them into a superpower. Now, that wealth that was being transferred there, some of it was coming back into the pockets of these people. And I have no doubts this Secretary of State and Georgia governor is receiving Chinese money. They're in control. Even your guests said they're, uh, they're putting money into our universities, our news medias. Yeah. Our wealth is being transferred there and part transferred back into the pockets of these politicians, these news people, these educators. Uh, you know, communists are like the devil. They win when they get people to believe they don't exist. And that's what's happening with half this country. They, they just refuse to see this. This doesn't exist. But this is what's happening. And, and we're being bought and paid for. And last week on a news channel on YouTube, they had a Chinese official come right out and said, we will eliminate America. And they're doing that from within. And they're doing that with the Democrats yeah. and, and Republicans, Bob. Not just Democrats, but Republicans also, I think, are on this Chinese payroll you know, to do this. It's disgusting, and it's a shame that half the people in this country just can't get their head out of their behinds and, and wake up and see what's what's happening. Well, if you uh, believe in you know the stories of and the allegations of election fraud uh, and and voter fraud, which are two different things, but if you believe in them, they did TJ already. More than half of Americans did wake up and they know, but they had this entire thing stolen from them, which is uh, of course what the fight continues to be. And it's why we must continue to support uh, the the good people in Georgia getting out there to vote like their lives depended on it because they do their lives, our lives, the entire country's life, the state of the, the state and the fate of this republic literally depend on us holding one element of power left, which would be the United States Senate in those runoffs. Because uh, uh, I agree with you, I agree, and I, I I won't name names like you did. I won't call somebody out and say I think they're taking Chinese money because that's probably a little irresponsible of me as a broadcaster to say that but i do agree they have people of both parties in their pockets at some in some form or another tj right follow the money connect the dots bob you know it i know it maybe sooner uh sooner than later the whole country will know it yeah yeah very well said tj thanks for the call brother appreciate that as always uh that's going to do it for us we are out of time I apologize to anybody that I missed, but uh, really good conversations all the way around. There's going to be plenty of time tomorrow as well to get through, because Dr. Everett Piper has the day off. He's going to be traveling tomorrow, so we're going to have a little bit more time for conversations in tomorrow's program as well. So make sure you tune in uh, tomorrow morning. Stay where you are, because Mike Gallagher is coming up next, followed by Charlie Kirk and Dennis Prager. It's outstanding right here on AM 1420, The Answer. Have a great day. Be safe. Be healthy. Remain free. Bye-bye.